ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Post and Pints. My name is Matt, uh, taking over for Justin, and as always, doing a very bad job at it. This is episode 24, the Kobe episode. Kobe! Rest in peace, Kobe. We're with just Dre. The rest of the team is taking the night off, but we are so excited to be introducing these guys from a very successful page on social media. Young Americans Abroad, been following these guys forever, and I'm so psyched to have them on. So I, I would like to welcome everyone, Patrick and Austin. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Really appreciate uh, you guys having us. We're excited. Not a problem, man. We're, we're glad to have you guys on. Exactly, dude. Like, I've been following you guys on social media for, like, quite some time, and I, like, just, like, took a shot, and then you guys responded, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah. So, yeah. as always, it doesn't matter that it's a Wednesday night. We start off with the topic of what are you drinking? Justin's not here, so no one's drinking water. Um, <laughs> not true, not true. Uh, I'll go myself. <laughs> some, someone's, someone's got to keep the street going, so. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a depressing street, but I am drinking something. <laughs> some Tonewood Brewing Company. Justin actually recommended again. So for someone who only drinks water, Justin does have a fire selection. <laughs> drinking? I have the dab I've been drinking. It is from Dortmund, even though I'm not a Dortmund fan, but it is a good German beer. So Ooh, I'm drinking okay. that. And what about you guys? And um, yeah, I only had a, a white claw in the fridge, so that's what I got to go with. <laughs> nice. I'm sure what Alex flavor? would be happy about that one. Alex likes white claw. It's a ruby grapefruit. I don't even think that's a very popular flavor. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, hey, you know what? There are no laws when you're drinking these claws. So Exactly. <laughs> that's the motto. So... Our listeners know about us, but I would like you guys to, you know, give us a little bit of a rundown. Let us know what you guys do at Young Americans Abroad that makes you guys so successful and why everyone on earth should be following you guys. <laughs> everyone yeah, on earth, so, that's, a, that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's, we need you as our hype man uh, on all our shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, we have a YouTube show and then also uh, Instagram and Twitter page. So basically, we follow you know any American player under the age of 25, you know, playing abroad, whether that's in Europe, Mexico, South America. You know, we have some players down there that we cover as well. So yeah, we we do a show. We try to do it every week. Um, obviously, our schedule gets in the way sometimes, but um, we basically do like a rundown of you know the games over the weekend and you know, some, some games coming up and, you know, just kind of the storylines associated with the players we cover. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm awesome. uh, oh, sorry. And just to add on to that as well, guys, like Austin mentioned too, just kind of covering some of those obscure leagues in Scandinavia and whatnot, just to kind of cover those players that are under the radar, which is also kind of interesting and exciting to, you know, see where they go. Obviously, Novakovic and Serie B, um, you know, we covered Romain Gall in the past, um, you know, a plethora of other players there. Yeah, I actually discovered you guys from listening to Lads, and I believe they had Austin on as a guest. Oh, okay. He was uh, we were talking about Bunda, Bunda Americans, and all that. 
and I have my own podcast. I talk about German soccer. So I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And I really enjoyed you guys' conversation on there. And, you know, obviously, in addition to Young Americans Broad, Bund Americans is kind of your Twitter page where you talk about specifically Americans right. playing in the Bundesliga, which you and I can get into that later. But uh, I thought that was <laughs> super, super awesome, too. Yeah, that's how I actually got kind of involved in the whole Twitter sphere was with the uh, Bund Americans account and just kind of following Christian Pulisic's rise, so to speak. Yeah. And- yeah. It kind of has taken off from there. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, before we get into asking you guys questions, um, we're going to talk a little bit about MLS's back just because it is now coming to the end of the group stages. And we're asking, hey, have you guys been paying attention? Have, has there been anything that's excited you about it? And do you guys have any teams that, you know, you guys support specifically? Yeah, I was just going to say, what a rough uh, rough start for Atlanta United. I guess end now, too. <laughs> yeah. A lot more questions. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot more questions than answers with Atlanta United. This is a team that it, clearly they have the most money put into the system that they have. And I get your best player went down, but Carlos Vea didn't even show up for LAFC, and they are still putting right. in the game. I mean... You can't rely all on one guy, and you know I think that's showing its true colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and correct sure. me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I don't think they have they haven't won any games and they haven't scored at all. Is that correct? No. Yeah, it's three games. Sounds about right. Sounds mm-hmm. about right to me. Which makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> we like to be as by like as like neutral as possible, but every now and again, Dre will show his colors just a little bit, and it it. It leaks out, and we get crap. Not like no one knows that, you know, we're all Red Bull fans on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. But overall, it is coming to the end, and now the teams who are leading are about to leave their groups to go to the knockout stages. So, you know, we're getting down to crunch time. Um, From what you guys have seen, do you guys have a favorite? Is Is there someone who, you know, you're putting your money on? What do you say, Pat? I'll let you take this one. Yeah, and I don't want to be biased. I'm actually closer to Philadelphia, so I was actually um, an inaugural season ticket holder with the Union. Nice. So um, obviously they were very bad when they first came in, but it's great <laughs> to see um, from afar in Florida, you know, how well they're doing, um, you yeah. know, in their system now. And again, a player I want to talk about too further down the show, but uh, Aronson's really impressed me. Absolutely. We actually had wonderful opportunity we actually got to interview their main capo adam booth he is such an awesome, he is such an awesome guy such cool people and like what's nice is him philly us rooting for new york it's like i still talk with him all the time he is such a cool human being and the philadelphia union is such an awesome franchise once like i actually started like when we started this page, I really wanted to get more in depth with like the, you know, I understand the players and I understand the systems, but I'd like to know the culture a little bit more. And the union culture alone is so, there is so much pride there. And it's such a cool franchise when you really get to look at it. Yep. Yeah. Speaking from the, speaking from the actual player point of view, you did bring up Aronson and that's someone that I wanted to mention since he's an MLS player under 25 and is, Pretty darn amazing, if I could say so myself, even as a, as a rival. What do you guys think about Aronson? Do, do you think he's the future of Philly, or do you think you know someone's going to come knocking on his door and bring him over to Europe or, or somewhere else? What, what do you think his future uh, holds? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think his future has got to be in Europe. You know, I think right now he's pretty much the catalyst for for the union and kind of their creative player, their playmaker in midfield. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think his future is definitely in Europe. But where? I'm not sure. I know we, you know, we heard the Freiburg link, I think, this mm-hmm. week. have been uh, floated out there. So I don't yeah. know if truly on board with that. Freiburg's kind of a very defensive-minded team. So I feel like he'd be better somewhere where he has more, you know, flexibility to attack and do the things he does so well. Right. But, uh, did you guys watch the uh, the LAFC Philly game early in the season, like before the, the quarantine hit? Because that yes. game, Aronson yes. shined. That was just a beauty of a game back and forth. And, and Aronson, you know, played a big role in that game. So that was super impressive performance from, from the young guy there. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah, that really was. Yeah. Start to finish. Yep. And I think Absolutely. of the, uh, I think what was it the Union Red Bull game in the playoffs last year, right? Where it went to extra time. Yeah, that's, that's I, where where, uh, where they, it up. <laughs> that's where the Union uh, eliminated us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that was still one of the best games you know I've watched in a long time. So, Austin, so, are, are you also a Philly fan? I so in MLS, I really don't have a team that I root for. Gotcha. You know, like like Pat said, you know, we we grew up close to closer to Philly than New York. So, you know, I, I went to union games. I didn't really go to Red Bull games, but right. um, yeah, I would say I really just don't have a team. I, I kind of like, uh, I mean, last year I watched FC Dallas almost exclusively, like all their yeah. games because of all the young players. And, you know, it was, it was a fun like dynamic that they had last year. So it kind of changes for me season to season. I don't know. I kind of pick a team. So I I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense that you just like follow the young players and kind of follow the league in general based on that. All right, Matt, do you want to do you want to bring out your first question? Yeah, absolutely. Quickly speaking on those those Philly results, I had traveled. I always travel with the away supporters with uh, the Red Bull, and I not okay. I, I got to see both games against Philly in the same year where we had a two nothing lead going into the half and we lost the game three two. So many beers were drank on both of those. <laughs> so I hate to put you on the spot, and I understand that no parent can ever say certain child is the favorite, but with all of the Americans abroad right now, who is your favorite American playing in Europe at the moment? I'll let you take that one, Pat. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to be uh, have an obvious answer here, but I'm going to have to say uh, Christian Pulisic you know, hands down. And I don't know if you were able to catch the game earlier today, but I'm a big Liverpool fan as well. And Christian almost gave me a little uh, heart attack there um, <laughs> with his play and just his rise from, from Dortmund. I know, um, excuse me, Austin can speak more uh, onto that, but just coming over to Chelsea and, and getting integrated with the team, uh, the manager change kind of had to prove himself again to land part in the team. And he is, you know, injuries aside, is just coming electric and, um, not making players, taking them on, looking so <laughs> confident, courageous. It's mm-hmm. it's just all you want to see. And I think it's just really building out to be a, a huge season next year for him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely a good choice. I was going to say yeah. probably, uh, Tyler Adams, you know, he's been injured most of this year, but I love just like his play style. And I think, you know, going to Leipzig, he's kind of showed – that he's taken that next step in his career as well, just like as a distributor who kind of sets the tone in midfield. So I really enjoy watching him play personally. Both very good answers. Very good answers. 
say Tyler Adams holds a very special place in our hearts. Um, <laughs> year, so after he left, like the next that, that season, hole still hasn't been filled to this day, <laughs> really. Filled and it's it's tough. It's I mean I'm just it's the flurry of Americans that are popping up and the fact that they're all extremely young. I think it's just like it's really awesome that it's not a bunch of Bat Brad Friedels and like Clint Dempsey's who are like <laughs> they need assistant assistance walking into the stadium. Like these are like <laughs> young guys who like the rest of their leagues have to generally worry about their growth and potential. So yeah, they college soccer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question for you guys is. Uh, kind of along the same lines here, but what do you think uh, contributed to this recent trend of a lot of young American players being scouted and being transferred over and bought out by uh, European teams? You know, five years ago, four years ago, you don't really see that. Um, and now we're having players that sometimes get bought out from academies and go straight to uh, to Europe without even having any MLS first team experience. So, like, what do you think has kind of contributed to that trend of you know young American players actually give, be, being given a shot by uh, European teams. Yeah, I was gonna say you know just I think I think really Christian Plissett kind of set the tone um, and kind of showed that you know if you take a chance on yourself you know look at you know the rewards you could you could reap. So I think he really set the tone. And then you know I think as cliche as it sounds, like having Jurgen Klinsmann, Klinsmann for that period of time I think helped get, you know, Americans a little bit more exposure in Germany. Um, I can't say that he really helped players go abroad, but I do think that people in Germany kind of kept an eye more on the United States national team. And um, mm-hmm. hopefully that opens some more doors to, you know, some of these players who went over early on. But yeah, my take. What, what do you think, Pat? Yeah, and I think uh, I completely agree with you there. And then I think just the the partnership. So it's interesting to me um, that you were seeing with some of the clubs like Bayern and FC Dallas. Right. Um, right they right. kind of formed that partnership there and had some players like Chris Richards. Obviously, you saw um, you know Weston go in there previously, but uh, Richards is the prime example right now where you know he went yeah. on trial there and some training stints and, and ended up uh, you know signing him and now he's with the, the second team which has been great so uh interesting didn't, to didn't kind of richards see that just trend. get a, yeah. a contract with uh darmstadt in the in the second Bundesliga. i think richards just got got lo- either loan i think got loaned out to darmstadt in the second league now so he's going to be getting first time first team minutes over there i i think and i may be wrong but i think that might be the other Bayern center back lucas Ma- oh yes you are right uh look yeah. at me messing up my own <laughs> Bayern players you are no you're good they're both in the same mold, so, you know. Yeah. Um, some, but a, go, going off of what you were saying a second ago, I also think, in addition to Pulisic, um, even though he's not an American, but, like, uh, Davies, Alfonso Davies probably also contributed to, like, oh, yeah. like, let's maybe right. give these guys a shot because they might have something to offer. Kind of that CONCACAF powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, you were saying something? Crazy. Mm. Um, I was going to say two things. The first thing is some Bayern fan you are. Yeah, I know. I'm such a <laughs> such a good fan. <laughs> Speaking upon the partnership that Bayern Munich has with FC Dallas, I know like Manchester City has their link up with NYCFC being one of the partners that helped founded that club. I'm really surprised that more European clubs and franchises don't try to at least have partnership in some of these MLS teams because 
the United States being one of, and, and you see the talent that is really starting to pour out of the United States, as well as soccer is becoming more and more important every single day in this country. I feel like, you know, these clubs, I, I can't imagine it would hurt. I really can't imagine them coming in and, you know, owning a part of a franchise or being part of a committee. And then the second the players that are growing start to get good, you reap the rewards. Tyler Adams in any other market really would sell more than $3 million to Leipzig, but because they have that Red Bull to Red Bull connection, they're able to get it at wholesale prices, basically, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, you make a good point. I mean, I don't know if it would be great for MLS clubs, but you know, I think, I think, yeah, it would be wise for European teams to at least create that partnership like Dallas, where, you know, they can at least bring some players over and then kind of get a firsthand look. And then, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the price will be less for them. So, yeah, I think, I think it would help our players out too. Heck, <laughs> more yeah. like that to train. Also, if, you know, with the MLS, unfortunately, everything in the United States is around the world. It's about money, but right. have the opportunity as a franchise, as a club, to be linked with a European powerhouse. I feel like you could also use that to your benefit to selling merchandise, selling product, things like that. I feel like, you know, I think I feel like it's, you know, it helps both parties equally. And, you know, that's the most important thing here in the United States is making sure that the money's in the green and not the red. So on to our next question, because we could talk about that for a while. Um, <laughs> in before but what current mls player do you see possibly fitting into a european system in the near future Oof, there's a few that come to mind i was gonna say you know i think the one that's been linked most recently and i'm still shocked hasn't gone abroad yet is uh reggie cannon um they're right back at fc dallas i think uh i think he's like right there you know he came up through you know, the MLS pipeline, so to speak. I, I, he went to college for a year, which is even crazy to me thinking about it now. But he, he really, you know, got his chance, took his chance, and now is, you know, one of the best right backs in the league. So I think he's got to move in the next year or so because if he waits too long, I think you could get another Kellen Acosta situation, which isn't good for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And I guess another player, too, and not to say too much in FC Dallas, but uh, Paxson Pomichol is one that came to mind as well. Oh, okay. um, just in terms of his his physicality and be able to get in on tackles, just a high IQ in terms of soccer and just skillful and composed in possession. I could really see that translating to the European game pretty well. I mean, I think he's at a, a pretty good age too, where he's had you know some experience in the MLS, and I know I think he just had some uh, some surgery in the past there, but um, you know it's all healthy, and uh, I think it'd be a pretty good time in the next year or so to make a move. Yeah, I mean, both both amazing answers. I mean, you were speaking on Kellen Acosta before. I even think of someone a little bit newer who, you know, at the moment. I feel like every single day he's here, he's getting he, his his values getting less and less, and that's Aaron Long from the New York Red Bull. Yeah, right. You know, have, last year, I remember during the I, it was during the end of the season last year, he was heavily linked with West Ham. They needed a center back. They needed someone who fit a specific system. He fit that system. He is a tall, fast, great in the air center back who does have a high football IQ. And then it's just, it all came down to money. And I just, you know, every single day, I feel like he's still in the MLS. I feel like 
is just another day he won't be able to go, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's one other player that one of the or, or other guys in the podcast, Kyle, mentioned. In a, I don't remember what episode, way back. And it was on, on Colorado. Uh, his name is Cole Bassett. At 18 okay. years old, he's already had pretty much like an a entire season last year on the Rapids. So, you know, he's had 20 appearances and three, 26 appearances, three goals as a midfielder. So at age 18, you know, if he gets some starting time this year and next year, you know, by the time he's 20, if he progresses the way that he seems he is, Europe might come knocking for him as well. Yeah, that's another good shout. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely one that I remember we, we talked about, like, some, you know, young and less talent. That was someone that wasn't on my radar until Kyle's like, hey, look at this guy. And I'm like, oh, didn't even think about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe Ayo Akinola, too, you know, he's been killing it in the, uh, you know, MLS's back tournament. So maybe he's someone new yep. keep an eye on, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So my my next question is with all of these players we're talking about, even the ones here in MLS now, and then with the ones in Europe, with the Christian Pulisic and, and Weston McKinney and Gio Reyna and all these other players playing overseas, what do you think that does to the future of the U.S. men's national team? Do you think we should switch to like an all youth system and let them figure it out? Do you think we should phase in youth and keep some experience? Like what kind of balance do you see being struck? And do you think with all this talent getting European playing time, that's going to kind of bring in a bring in a renaissance of the U.S. men's national team or, or not? What are you going to say, Pat? I'll let you take this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and feel free to add on too. I was just saying, I think just in terms of, um, you know, Europe and MLS, and you can just see the growth in MLS has been tremendous. And, you know, personally, I still think it'd be great to have a mix, um, you know, from both uh, the domestic league and in Europe. But I think in seeing those players and top players really challenging themselves, and if we want to compete with the the Spains and in Germany's of the world, um, you know, we need to compete with them on a club basis and challenge ourselves, players challenge themselves uh, in, in the highest and toughest leagues. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. when when we were like seeing the rise of Christian Pulisic over the last couple of years when he was still in Dortmund, Matt and I and the guys would get together and watch games all the time. And we saw Pulisic kind of coming out of his shell and becoming a great player, but it was also seemed like we were throwing so much weight on just Pulisic and like kind of just putting the team on his shoulders at age 19 and 20. And that's not really realistic. You need to have a team around him that can play well also. So now with like Pulisic and Adams and, and other players getting, you know, first team experience in, in, in top teams, um, hopefully that helps. But yeah, Austin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, when you, when you talk about a mix of old and new, that's really the interesting part too. Because I, I think of a few players like uh, Aaron Long, uh, John Anthony Brooks, I feel like they could add kind of some good experience, but past them, it's, it's kind of tough. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a young core. And I think that's kind of, you know, the narrative you've seen recently with all these young players kind of getting their, their opportunities and, and camps and things like that. So yeah, hopefully by like, you know, 2022, I think if we make the World Cup, knock on wood, and I think we will, um, I think we'll kind of set the scene hopefully for a big 2026 at home. So let's let's hope. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely the, the hope for all of us. Hopefully it will be a little bit less painful watching the U.S. men's national team play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since we've actually had some uh, good quality soccer from them. <laughs> yeah. Matt, you got anything? No, I mean, 
I agree 100%. I scream at the TV when I see, you know, and, and the reports come out of, you know, the team sheets on getting announced before friendlies or tournaments. And it's the same older generation. And it's just, it's really like, it's tough for me because these are games that are friendly. These are games that are only supposed to build experience and they're only supposed to bring, you know, these teams together. Having people who might not be in your next competition and you're starting 18 is a little bit annoying. I feel like it should just be scattered with nothing but the youth. Get these guys together, get these guys familiar with each other. And by the time we do have a competition, these guys are going to know each other like day and night. It's they, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's just like, I feel like the U.S. should at the moment only be playing youth players. I think that should really be it until a core 11 is put together and then role players built around. I definitely see your point, too. Um, just in terms of, I feel like, just watching them with a lack of identity and kind of not sure whether to take the reins from the veterans. It's it's a very almost kind of awkward situation. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if it's in the locker room or training and just kind of translating onto the field, I think. See, I'm, I'm a bit of the opinion a little bit different from Matt. Like, I definitely support the youth, but I don't want 11 youth players, youth academy players up there. Um, I definitely subscribe to belief of youth players playing alongside actually talented players around them helps them learn. And my best example as a Bayern fan to this is having uh, Alfonso Davies play a left back right next to Alaba, who before him was one of the best left backs in the world. So what better training partner and on the pitch partner can you have to learn the left back position than David Alaba? You really can't ask for, for a better, you know, uh, teammate and, and, and better man to teach you that job. And, you know, I definitely believe that some of that needs to happen in the U.S. men's national team, but um, we do need to to bring the average age down a bit for sure as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same mindset as you, Andrew, and and you know I do think there needs to be some experience. But the biggest problem was, you know, uh, I think right after the World Cup we had like C.J. Sapong on the team, um, Eric Lehigh, like some players who never had been there in the past. So I think it's mm -hmm. players who actually you know, know what that, that feeling is like, like, you know, John Brooks, I think is someone who has world cup experience and can kind yeah. of give you an, a, a taste of that. Um, so I think it's gotta be like smart mixes of. Right. That. You, you gotta selectively choose which veterans to keep and which, which young players to, to integrate. Right. Yeah. Well, yep. You're all hired. <laughs> 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 so so you're saying we could take over uh Ber berhalter's job <laughs> i think berhalter's just a puppet but that, that's that's another, <laughs> another time um that's basically all the questions we have we actually have some fan questions so we're going to run through those really quickly okay finn simeon uh i definitely did not pronounce his username right and i apologize do you think Timothy Way can still be a star for the U.S. men's national team going forward. Oof. Do you want to take this take one? That one I was going to say, take that <laughs> off and I'll follow up. I think I saw Austin okay. wearing a PSG jersey a, a, a couple episodes ago, so <laughs> maybe he has That's true. Hit. Yeah, no, I think Tim Way actually, yeah, you know, he's got to get healthy first, but I do think he's got a, uh, a future with the USMNT. I, I think he's someone that just has such great speed that, you know, we really don't have in the pool at the moment. So I think once he gets healthy, once he can kind of 
cut his teeth, so to speak, in in uh, in France at Lille and kind of um, you know prove himself again because I feel like it's going to be kind of a redemption season for him, so to speak. Once he can do that, and I think he will, um, then I think he'll be you know right back in that discussion and hopefully a key player for you know the World Cup cycle and can kind of yeah help us along. That'd be big. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you saw some parts, too, during Celtic at his time there. Um, we know where he really shined, and we were covering that as well in our show. And then, obviously, with the injuries and moving over to France there, um, you know, just to get healthy. And, and again, like kind of Austin said, not to harp on his opinion too much, but um, to prove himself in France, I, I still think he has a really great future uh, with the U.S. Uh, being a crucial part. What do you guys think? Dre, do you want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, I got it. I think Lille is actually a good team for, like, for young players to come up in. Um, I think that they're not, you know, a number one team in France. Obviously, no one's known that but PSG. But I think Lille is a team that does well at developing youth. And I think it's a good spot for him to be there. And if he can prove himself there, then I think it's worth, you know, giving him a spot on the team for sure. I'm going to, like, turn into a little bit of the dark side on this one. Um, I think, unfortunately, I think the media put such a spotlight on him it almost ended up like a Renato Sanchez situation. It was this young Portuguese kid. He blew up. He had one good tournament and everyone was like, he is the future of everything. He's going to be amazing. And then when the spotlight was on him by himself, he kind of didn't live up to the expectations. And with Timothy way, I wonder if that is also it, but I think I agree with the rest of you. I think with him in France at the moment, that's the best situation because I'm not saying the French league doesn't get the same attention as some of the other leagues, but it's not in that same crucial spotlight. And he's not on a team like a PSG where everything they do, it's under a massive microscope. And I think this will actually give him the time to grow naturally as a player. I feel like with Christian Pulisic, not many people were on top of him when he originally made his move to Dortmund, which gave him that opportunity to grow without a spotlight. And he was able to figure out what type of player he was going to be. It's funny that you mentioned Renato Sanchez. Do do you know who else plays on Lille, Matt? Renato Sanchez. (laughs) So they're they're teammates now. (laughs) I'm glad someone got that connection. (laughs) Next fan question, not really a question. Penino just says, salute to you, fam. Salute to you, fam. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank- Thanks. Our buddies from Soccerhead FC, the two Connors. Thanks again for listening, guys. Another Timothy Weah question. Where does Timothy Weah rank amongst American strikers today? Oh, boy. Uh, oh, that's tough. <laughs> Uh, probably not as high as, as the guy asking the question thinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who the top ones would be. I, I hate to say it, but I'd probably say Josie Altador is right now the, unfortunately, the best striker we have. Uh, you know, I Giazzi, think I'd put Gazi's artist in the conversation as well. Yeah, I mean he's he's been killing it the past two seasons in Columbus, so it's just uh, so hit or miss with him. <laughs> yeah. Every time he, he like does well, it's just. I feel like he does better for the club than does than he does the country. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. It's a difficult point because just we're pretty thin in the striker pool. 
Um, and then I, I just think with the injuries, Wea, I'd like to see a little bit more of him too. It, it's definitely difficult to put him in. Mm-hmm. Would would you guys say top five though, or are you thinking even further down than that? I f- I feel like we just need more data points to make a to make a choice. Like he needs more game time, more minutes, and right. then we can kind of make a choice from there. Okay. I yeah. I I agree one hundred percent. Basically, with all of you, I I just don't, I don't feel like there's enough data, but I feel like the ceiling is higher for Josh Sargent over Timothy Way at the moment. And I think Josh Sargent is in a better system where he's going to have that opportunity to grow. Like I said, I feel like the spotlight sometimes hurts these guys, you know, having them out of the spotlight and just allowing them to grow naturally. I, I, you know, these guys are still very young and I feel like they need to use the time they have to their benefit, not hurt them. And I feel like sometimes when these teams play in the spotlight, like you look at like a Mason Greenwood, you know, he's doing absolutely wonderful right now for Manchester United, but like the kid's only 18 years old and he is still a kid. And, you know, although he's having an amazing year this year, he is now going to be held for the rest of his life to that expectation. And I feel like <laughs> that expectation that ends up being a heavier weight than anything else that will end up eventually stunt their growth, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I, uh, I like to call that the uh, the Freddie Adu effect. You start, yeah. you get you get at four age fourteen or fifteen. You join the MLS. You play for DC. You you know you're the next uh, you know Ronaldo or you're the next uh, you know whoever. And right now, the last I checked, he was in like the third division in Finland or something. It's it's you know that that's a classic example of too much, too young, like putting up under too much pressure, too much attention, expecting too much from him and not letting a literal high school or teenager figure out his body, his athletics, his everything, really, his life, and just kind of throwing him into everything. So we, we don't really want a repeat of the Freddie Adu story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I that is the perfect analogy, and I really I don't think it needs to be explained any other way. I got to see Freddie Adu in person once. I, I went oh. to a Metro Stars game way back. Ooh. Oh, nice. I think it was like the first or second year I really started like supporting the Metro Stars, and I got to see like I was still very young, but still young enough where I, like not too young where I didn't know about the Freddie Adu effect, and like every <laughs> time I touched the ball, the whole crowd was just like everyone held their breath and just watched. And if he made a five yard pass, everyone was like, that was amazing. That was wonderful. (laughs) I actually, as I saw him uh, down at the Tampa Bay Rowdies, he had a little stint there a few years back. Uh, I never got in the game, but I saw him warm up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, how the, uh, you know, how time has, has affected that man going from all this media hype to not starting for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. (laughs) To finish it up, exactly what i'm saying sometimes the pressure of being in the spotlight just stunts the growth of allowing these players to just naturally grow yeah absolutely all right that's that's enough talk about soccer uh I, I, we could go <laughs> on like five hours and i absolutely love you too and you know we are definitely going to have you guys on again 100 percent. that's not even a question on the matter we all finish right. we finish every episode Again, it can be about soccer. It cannot be about soccer. What is pissing you off this week? Now, Dre and I technically already did an episode this week, and we already talked about what's pissing you off this week. So Dre and I are going to do what's pissing you off today. 
I'm going to keep my answer short, sweet, and to the point. It's Manchester United because it's just Manchester United. Someone else go. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally going to reiterate what I said on Monday, and that is Lewandowski got robbed by the Ballon d'Or being canceled. Mm. I haven't gotten over that yet, and that French magazine can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So something I, I really thought about today, uh, watching the Premier League, is that the Premier League ends on Sunday. So that that's kind of kind of pissing me off because that was my last uh, league I was really watching besides MLS. I I don't really watch Serie A or La Liga. So um, yeah, it's pissing me off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, At least we have yeah, Champions just, League coming up. That's right. True. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it just uh, pissing me off. I think just COVID as a as a rival Liverpool fan there, um, you know, ruining our our first title in many many years in the celebration, um, you know, pretty anticlimactic. So, you know, that's kind of pissing me off there. You exactly. like the fireworks show? <laughs> <laughs> fireworks and nobody around. My favorite quote, and I could be messing up this quote, but my favorite quote of the day is Jurgen Klopp going, "The second that this bullshit is over, we are gonna party so." hard <laughs> you know that guy likes a good uh, good beer oh, I'm, oh telling yeah. you, I'm telling you right now this off season i don't think there's going to be one site where you're going to see where jurgen klopp doesn't have a drink in his hand because <laughs> he doesn't have to worry, hey doesn't have to worry about champions league you know what it's party time you know absolutely you know what but they deserve <laughs> deserves it and on that note Episode 24 is in the books. Guys, thank you again so very much. If you want, please do. Name all your socials, how people can find you so that they can look you guys up, they can give you the follows and all that stuff. Pat, you want to take the wheel? You do it in our uh, episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, again, um, you know, check out our, our awesome social media pages, like Austin said, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you know, we're always putting out good content there. And then... Um, and we also have that Young Americans Abroad weekly soccer report YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah and we'll definitely put that uh, all on the show. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say Instagram is Young Americans Abroad 1, I think, because our account got hacked last year. Right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, WSR on Twitter. So. Yeah. And we will definitely put all that in the show notes for, for you guys to find. And thank you guys cool. so much for having us again. Really appreciate it. Like no I said, problem. Thank, thank you for being on. Okay, we're, I'm the one who's still in awe here. So <laughs> until next time, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, remember, uh, find us at Posts and Pints. That's at Posts and Pints. No one else has that name. We're the only ones who have that name, so it's easy to find us. Have a great one. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Post and Pints. If you want to join in on the conversation or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, that's at Post and Pints Podcast. And remember, the banter is free, but the beer is not included. Drink responsibly.